my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. I am your host, Julie Turney, and it is a pleasure to be here with you again for another episode. Today, I am magnifying the voice of the amazing Keisha Hicks. I met Keisha on LinkedIn, like I meet most of my HR community. And as I said to you before, if you're not properly utilizing LinkedIn, you are missing out on meeting some really great people. And I've been following Keisha for a while and her journey and her story. And I was like, I need to reach out to Keisha and say, Keisha, you need to come here and have this conversation with me. People need to know you and need to know what you do. And so I'm so happy to welcome Keisha Hicks to the sound booth today. Keisha, how are you doing? Hey, Julie, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off by you just telling us, like, who is Keisha Hicks? What is your HR origin story? How did you get here? Yeah, Keisha Hicks, first and foremost, is a wife and a mom. Before she's anything else, that's who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a sister, I'm a cousin, I'm a friend, I'm all those things, right? Um, But as far as my origin story of HR, I always tell people I'm not new to HR. I grew up in HR. Because um, my first HR role was when I was 17 years old in a a General Motors manufacturing facility in Indiana, where I'm from. Wow. Okay. So tell us how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I was the kid in school um, that was the nerd, right? Like things just always kind of came easy to me. I was like a really great student. Um, By the time I got to my senior year in high school, Mm -hmm. I had all my credits. And it was like, okay, well, there are like two classes, mandatory classes that I had to go for. And they were like, well, we can't send you home mm-hmm. for the day, but we have this co-op program that we just started. And there's an opportunity for you to interview and go apply to go work for you know, this position. I was like, okay, I had no clue what HR was. I just knew it wasn't flipping burgers or flipping chicken. And I was like, mm-hmm. which I was already doing you know, as a high school yeah. student. Um, and so- yeah, there I started my HR career mm-hmm. and I started off as an HR coordinator mm-hmm. and um, worked directly for um, an HR generalist who rolled up to a uh, labor relations director. And that started my career. Right. And so my career went every kind of way. Like I've been in manufacturing, I've been in government, mm-hmm. I've been in nonprofit. Um, and so now I sit as a VP of HR and inclusion for a nonprofit here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I also own my own business. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So tell us about your business. What is it called and what do you do? What's your specialty? Yeah. Um, My business is called the Elevate Her. Um, And what I do is I help women that are the unders, underemployed, undervalued, underappreciated, underpaid. Mm -hmm. Um, Those women that are in HR, I help them to land their next role, Mm -hmm. Um, their appropriate role for them, because I am huge on one, building community, and two, representation. Mm-hmm. And I think it matters, especially in our space. Yes. Um, because as you look around in our spaces, many of us are operating in predominantly white organizations, and you don't see a lot of us. No. 
And if you do, we're at a much lower level, you know, usually your coordinators, your generalists, your recruiters, right? But when you start to get into leadership, you don't see a lot of us. And so my hope um, is to actually get us there, get us there to those those tables, Mm -hmm. because as we do that, then that also shifts the narrative for organizations. Because it helps organizations to understand, like, you know what, there's a different kind of lens that we need to look at our our hiring practices through, our compensation practices through. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, my hope is that by changing that lens, we're able to close the wealth gap, you know, between between races. Yes. But how does that happen? Through jobs. So, Mm -hmm. and access to jobs. So that's the hope with Elevate Her. Definitely. I just love the name, Elevate Her. Thank you. I absolutely love that. How did you come up with that? <laughs> well, it, it's true story. My husband has a nonprofit and his nonprofit is Elevated Development. Okay. And I was like, okay, I like that. And I was like, how can I like keep this whole family brand situation going on? Oh, mm-hmm. And I was thinking about my own story and how I've elevated in my career. And it was like, aha, to elevate her. So yeah. It that is, that's really cool. And, and I really love the fact that you are looking at creating legacy for yourself so while you're working for an organization in the space of inclusion which again is an amazing space to be in um, you're also looking at understanding the importance of creating your own brand and creating your own organization and your own legacy for yourself Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of HR professionals struggle with that and we'll talk about that a little bit later As you work with HR professionals in terms of helping them to get that seat that they deserve, that role that they deserve, what are some of the biggest mental health challenges that you see coming across as you work with your clients? Fear. Fear is the number one thing. So much so, um, I did a whole seven-day live series on just fear. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Where I picked apart a different fear because it is true. It is fear, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it's fear because we are often the only, the women I work with are the yes, only ones, the only. right? Mm-hmm. And so because they're the only, there are all these fears. It's the fear of rejection. It's the fear of success, mm-hmm. believe it or not, right? Yeah. It's the fear of making the wrong move or, you know, it's it's all these fears. So I think fear is the one thing that I see um, is the biggest thing. And now the fear spins off the self-doubt. Yeah. And the imposter syndrome that so many of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's I think that's the main thing is fear. It's yeah. fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some of the techniques that you use to kind of help your clients over a work through that? Yeah. The first things first is that I'm a big fan of awareness mm-hmm. and being aware of yourself and what your triggers are. Yeah. Being aware of your story. Mm-hmm. So that you can also be aware of um, not just your journey, but also your accomplishments along that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we focus a lot in on really understanding you, understanding your story, understanding your path. What, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? Mm-hmm. How have you showed up in different spaces? Because what I find too, with a lot of the women that I work with, they don't want to give themselves credit. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, it's like, well, no, this is this commonplace. This is every day. Give yourself a pat on your back. Exactly, exactly. And so um, it is us trying to figure that out for them and helping them to navigate that. Because once we do that, and we can help them to understand their strengths and their skills, which are two separate things, right? But when we help them to understand that and help them to understand the competencies and how they how they work 
through things. Mm -hmm. um, then it starts to change the lens in which they look at different jobs that they may even be interested in, yeah. organizations, their networking opportunities. It's like, but it always starts with self. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think mm -hmm. that to your point about fear and that feeling that you don't deserve better. Um, this is one of the things that I come across a lot when I work with HR people as well. That thing that says, look, I'm so used to being battered and bruised and being bashed around um, and being made to feel like I am less than, that when mm -hmm. an organization comes along that says, I love the, the way you work. I love what you're bringing to the table. I wanna hire you and I wanna give you that free range to do what you need. I see a lot of my clients go hold on a minute I don't know what this looks like mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. this this is very foreign to me mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. <laughs> help me understand it and what and the analogy and I say that to ask you like like what do you do how do you talk people through that so like one of the things that I say to my clients is I always remember um I can't remember if it was Diary of a Mad Black Woman or which Tyler Perry play it was the play not the movie in particular mm -hmm where Tyler Perry says, you know, as women, especially as black women, we always say, Lord, give me a good man. Give me a good man. Give me a good man. And then when this good man comes along, because you've been treated bad for so long, you don't know what, you don't know how to recognize the good man and appreciate the good man. And I can yeah. usually say that and they start to laugh because then you recognize, okay, yeah. So am I playing that off from an organizational perspective? Because I've worked in organizations where I haven't felt like people deserved me and I mm -hmm. or I felt like I what I was doing was being appreciated so now I'm in this space of I've got the job that I deserve that I feel like I deserve but I don't know how to embrace it because it looks foreign to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. familiar mm -hmm. yeah I mean you know what it's to your point it's the fear of the unknown right it's completely foreign it's the fear of the unknown but it's also that waiting on the other shoe to drop yes right it's like, and again, it's the fear of success. Like you finally made it. The thing yes. in which you wanted, you finally got. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're waiting on like, you're bracing yourself. Yes. And you're prepared because again, it's not something that you're used to, right? Because mm -hmm. to your point, you're used to being, uh, I always say it's like people are looked at, sometimes HR folks were looked at as the help. Yep. Right. Depending upon the organization, you're really looked at as the help. Yep not a true partner strategic partner exactly and so and then when you go from that to this organization to your point that says hey you know what i value you and i want to show you it's like wait a minute hold on right but this is what you wanted and now you're afraid of the very thing that you wanted yes right and so i always say to my clients why not you mm -hmm. why not you why not now for you exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a great way to kind of like help people kind of take a step back in themselves and go, you know, you know what? You're right. Why not me? Why not mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. How is this? I don't even like to use the word, but it is what it is. How has the great resignation like impacted you from an HR perspective? Because I think a lot of times organizations, as they talk about this topic of people leaving or migrating to different organizations, we forget um, to mention that HR people are doing it as well. And I think mm -hmm. when your HR people are doing it, then it kind of leaves room to go like for speculation of like, hmm, something is amiss here. But how have you found that um, particular situation 
um, of people moving on with a, your HR clients? How has that impacted you? You know, and I was talking with them. I'm glad that you brought this up. I was talking with them in one of our group calls and we were talking about the massive amount of HR openings that are available across the different sectors, right? Mm -hmm. And we were like, why is that? You know, why is that like this particular, because, you know, of course we know that there are other positions, but yeah. there are a lot of openings in HR. And I, you know, and I, and I told him, I said, you know what, if I think about it, the last 18 months for a lot of HR folks has been just crazy, crazy. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have had our hands pretty much, depending on where you sit in HR, you pretty much had your hands in a lot of different pots. Yes. From furloughing people, laying people off, you know, figuring out remote work, um, bringing people back in the office, right? Restructuring organizations. Yeah. Um, people not being able to fill vacancies because the pay that you want to pay people is not enough for yeah. people to want to work with exactly. you anymore, right? Dealing with social the injustice. Health of your employees. Yeah. Mental health, social injustices. Yeah. So we've had all this. And so um, HR folks have been looked at as like, hey, yeah, you're the help, but we need your help a whole lot, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened is that we burned out. Yeah. Right. Completely. Like we, yes. I think we are now essential workers. Yes. Right. And many I organizations see all the time. We are the first responders in your organization. Right. And I would, I say HR is the one that turns the lights out. Like when everything is said and done, HR is the one that turns the lights out. If we, uh -huh. if we decide to close this thing now, HR turns the lights out. Yeah. Right. You can lock the door, but we got to turn the lights out. Uh -huh. And so it's, it's a lot. And so you see a lot of HR folks like, nope. I'm burned out yeah. because I think too, um, you know, oftentimes in organizations, HR is looked at as, again, as the help, but we also don't make companies money. So companies think. That's what right? they think. That's not true. They think that. That's yeah. totally not true. But they think we we cost them money mm -hmm. because we are, you know, the biggest part of their cost, labor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they think we cost them money. Yeah. And so they don't see the value in us, so to speak. And so I think that um, a lot of folks in HR have felt that, like, you know what, you don't see my value exactly. on top of all of the different things that I've had to do over the last 18 months. So guess what? Exactly. I'm moving on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you figure this thing out by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember talking to Angela Shaw a couple of weeks back and she, mm -hmm. she spoke about the same thing about, you know, if I don't feel like I'm being like, I'm being respected and I don't feel like you're valuing me, I'm going to move on because I need to be in a space where I feel like I'm being valued and what I'm bringing to the table is being respected and I'm being heard. And if I'm not getting that, I'm going to move on. Now that changes a lot in terms of our, the era of the HR professional because you know in times gone by we just sit and take it and be like you know mm -hmm. do not get paid enough to do this but we're gonna do it anyway but now we're in a different era where HR professionals are recognizing you know what I do deserve better I can get better and I'm gonna go for it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and take no prisoners while we do it right exactly. and I've seen so many um decide to leave organizations all together and go do their own things right yeah. and do consulting work yeah. and I'm like yes exactly. you know and I've seen some organizations say some smaller organizations say you know what we can't afford to hire a person so maybe we will do go the contract route and yep. and do that so yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's going to be very interesting to see like how the next couple of years play out for HR 
Um, yeah. But I think that these are really exciting times for us as HR, for sure. Um, from digital transformation perspective, you know, as we look mm-hmm. at building cultures that are more that are more focused on belonging and learning and coaching and developing our people Mm -hmm. and that HR professionals are recognizing now you know as we do this for the organization it's important for us to do that for ourselves Mm -hmm. and start Mm -hmm. to make that investment yeah 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 because you know if we look at exit survey data you know a lot of it tells us that people aren't leaving because of the money no necessarily it's a factor but it's a lot of it is because of leadership or they don't feel like they're being developed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, now to your point, we're not long, no longer just sitting and taking it. Like we're personnel. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've morphed into all this, you know, you have human capital and yeah. HR and people ops. People ops. Yes. You have all these different names <laughs> exactly. for us now. Ta- mm-hmm. Talent, whatever, yes. you know. Analyst. And it's like. And people yeah. scientists. Yes. And so mm-hmm. it's like now put some respect on our name a little bit right? Right. and that's what that's what we're we're asking for and right. so I think it's going to be it, it's I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what's going to yeah. happen but I think if you look at it it's mm-hmm. it's got to change yeah, definitely but that makes me just 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 out of curiosity I want to ask you like what are your thoughts on the name human resources because to, to for me I feel like there needs to be an evolution just like how we moved from personnel to HR mm-hmm. I feel like we now need to there needs to be a new evolution of what HR really is so like yeah. when people ask me like what what do you do and I go I work in people experience I create great opportunities and experiences for people to thrive and grow in their roles and they go what I like that that sounds interesting and I go yes I do HR but it's like you know it's yeah. not the same yeah. name and I think that we need to evolve this name HR what do you think yeah I do I agree I was reading something that um and it was something to the effect that people were now being offended as being regarded as a resource mm-hmm. right in organizations yeah. right mm-hmm. Because we think of people, time, money, resources, resources. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so people now are being upset with it. But funny story, when my son, who is now 18, Mm -hmm. um, freshman in college, when he was about 10, he would say, somebody asked him, one of his little friends said, what does your mom do? And he said, oh, she's a resource to the humans. And I was like, that is what I do. I am Uh a resource to the humans. Uh So I like that. So maybe it's just about flipping. I'm a resource to the humans. But no, I think that's what it is. It is that it does have to change and we see it changing, right? And we yes. see it a lot. And it's like, wait a minute. Like when I'm helping my clients like go through job descriptions, they're like, okay, wait a minute. A people partner is an HR business partner, yes. but we haven't, we, but we have to understand the language, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. And right now, so many organizations, we don't have a common shared vocabulary. No, exactly. <laughs> I think like we need to really fix that. Um, yeah. I don't know who is the person, I don't know who is the organization or entity, whether it's SHRM or CIPD, I don't know. And I always believe that there should be like a global HR consortium. So like yes. we have like one channel, one voice, and we can mm-hmm. kind of like all grow from there versus mm-hmm. like these fractions. I feel mm-hmm. like it needs mm-hmm. to be more united. And I said mm-hmm. that, especially as we talked about COVID and trying to figure out what happens next. Why is there mm-hmm. not one HR, global HR consortium? Why didn't CIPD and SHRM or, or, you know, those other organizations have the ability to go, okay, let's all come together and help our, our HR people figure out 
this thing together. We had a little, you were getting bits here yeah. and bits there and bits there. And trying to put it all together. And put it all and together then, and you were stressed yeah. out. You lost your hair. And still, still, because it's still changing. Yes. Because COVID yeah. is still here. It's not going anywhere. Like I really, feel, I really feel like I'm making this plea again to the HR associations out there globally, come together, create one consortium and just like help us figure it out together. This piece mm-hmm. thing is not working. We need a we need a UN for HR. <laughs> yes, totally. I agree. I mean, because it is. It's like I was talking to um, a colleague in Florida, and she was asking me. She said, "Well, what do you do with this?" And I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, hold on." And then I had to call somebody else. I was like, "Listen, this is what I do, but is this what you do?" Uh-huh. No, nope, you have to do this. And I was like, "Okay, well, you may want to like." I presented her with two different options. Like, try this one or try this one. And it yeah. was like, "Well, which one is right?" I don't know. Uh Like, like, I I don't know. Like, let's try them and see. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Everything here, you're kind of stuck with like a trial and error kind of situation. And we we don't want to get it wrong. And we're okay with embracing failure. But I feel like it's important that we do it together collectively. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Let me Mm -hmm. ask you this. So like, what does a working relationship with you look like if an HR professional Mm -hmm. is looking to engage your services what does that look like yeah so I actually have um two flavors if you will of ways that I work with folks Uh um one is primarily through my HR path program um it is a six month um high action, high touch um, program that is basically like a country club type of program mm-hmm. um, in that um, I cap it at a certain number. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, there's no click to buy it. Um, there's a click to have a conversation with me because I'm very selective about like who I actually let come exactly. in the program. Yes. Um, so it's like, multi, it's, it's kind of a multi-layer application process to come in. Right. But again, it's a six month process um, where um, it's a it's a really tight knit community. It's an iron sharpens iron type of community where we do a lot of some of that surface level stuff, you know, resume, LinkedIn stuff. But then we focus the majority of our efforts on going deeper yes. and really being able to map out this move and the next move and then move after that and, mm-hmm. and really where you intend to be. And so, um, again, very country club like effect, six month program. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is for those folks that don't quite want to do the group deal are uh, a little bit more advanced, if you will, in their HR career, yeah. then there's the opportunity to work one on one with me. Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. So where can people find you and schedule that call and interact with you? You know, believe it or not, yes, I have a website because everybody should have a website, right? right. But here's the thing. I don't do anything with it. Most of the time, 97% of the time, yep. you can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I am always on LinkedIn. Beautiful. Like mm-hmm. literally all day, every day. LinkedIn yes. is like everything for me. Like yep. you can find me live on there. I have a whole community that yes. I like started on there. Mm-hmm. Like that's where people can find me. Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. And that's where we can have conversations. Exactly. Websites don't have conversations. No, they don't. You can, in- <laughs> I, that's what I love about the power of LinkedIn as, you know, an entrepreneur in this space, you can find your people. If you just take the time to curate your community, not focus so much on money, but value, like what is mm-hmm. the value that you bring and give and get that same thing from your, your community as well. So yeah. 
I'm your sister when it comes to that. I, live on, I, live, I have I a website, it. but I live on LinkedIn. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, reason. what's the point? Yeah. yeah. Between LinkedIn and my email newsletter, mm-hmm. I recently fell in love with TikTok. So now you can okay. yeah. Because I, through. I, I love it. Because you can share like I share like short videos of like different things. How do you get community? How do you find great HR tech? How do you survive your first 90 days in HR? Like I put all those things out there on TikTok. Okay. And then on LinkedIn, I do my lives and I do and I engage my audience from there and create community just like you. So yes, mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. agree. We will return to my interview in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors, Ability CBT. Ability CBT is an internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy program designed to provide effective mental health care to people dealing with a variety of concerns, including anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief, and more. The program is guided by experienced therapists who are there to help you understand and navigate your mental health concerns and build long-lasting coping skills. Accessible from any device at any time, Ability CBT is delivered through a secure digital platform to combine the benefits of in-person therapy with the convenience of virtual access to fast, easy and effective support. Ability CBT offers a targeted program to help address mental health concerns related to the uniquely challenging aspects of pandemics, including uncertainty, isolation, burnout, caring for family and community members, information overload and stress management. Ability CBT can be accessed online at myicbt.com or by downloading the Ability CBT app from the Google Play or App Store. You deserve to feel better. We now return to our interview. Any advice you want to give to our HR professionals who are still struggling with building their brand on LinkedIn? Just any snippets of advice you want to give before we move on? Um, I say get clear on who you want to be. Get clear on that. Like, what is it? Who is it that you want to be? And 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 make sure that's authentically you. You know, no more of that work self mm-hmm. and then the real you. Yeah. <laughs> like that's exhausting to figure out which mask you have to put on. Yeah. So figure out who you want to be. And be that person and be be it in your brand. Yes. I love mm-hmm. that. And any advice that you want to give in terms of like if you are trying to make that career pivot and figure out like what your next career transition is, what advice would you give there? I think first things first, um, I always say target your companies first. You know, it's great to figure out like, you know, hey, I want to be an XYZ and a generalist, whatever. But where do you want to work? Right. Because you could be a generalist in a horrible organization. Yep. So um, figure out where the target companies that you want to work for. Then I also say, you know, think about ultimately if tomorrow was your retirement date, what would you want to retire from? Mm-hmm. Right. And and how and no, today may not be that day. Yeah. But how do you build up to get there? Yes. And so that you're very intentional about the roles in which you take. I love that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. So tell us, um, Keisha, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy? Oh, okay. So <laughs> I am not one of those people that says, oh, I'm going to read 36 books this year. Uh-huh. Nope. I am one that I like to pick like three or four books and I'll read them over and over and over throughout the year. 
So one that is in my rotation that is like stays in my rotation every single year is uh-huh. the year of yes by Shonda Rhimes. Okay. I the year that. of yes, because it is, it is truly like, and it's like funny for me because every year that I read it, I'm like in a different place. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yes. So I'm saying yes to yes. a lot of things. So uh-huh. um, year of yes is wonderful. Um, and I'm going to look at my audible and I'm going to cheat because I don't want to mess up any names here. Um, but no you know, cause you don't want to yep, do that. Right. Don't do uh-huh. that. I don't want to, cause I want these things to be right. So the year of yes, definitely. I also am big on podcasts, all things podcasts. Yes. And here's the thing. I don't have like, um, I like, don't have like a specific like HR podcast right. um, that I listen to because I, I think that, you know what, you're more than just, you're more HR. than just your profession. Yeah. You need to, right. Like you need that. to be able to like, think about lots of different things exactly. and be able to, because to me also that makes you very relatable. Exactly. Like, and I think we, we need to be relatable. Definitely. Like I think a lot now about how do I support young HR professionals in building wealth for themselves? And the importance of financial stability or having good financial health, because we talk a lot about mental health. And I think as I focus on mental health, I focus a lot on financial health. And so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently on cryptocurrency. Love it. Like trying to understand different ways that you can invest your money and make it work for you. There's a guy that I follow again on TikTok who talks about different ways that you can create general re- generational wealth in your family, whether that's through investments in property and flipping properties or vehicles or, you know, those finding that kind of equity and then how you can support cool. your family and give them loans. And then one person benefits this time and then somebody else benefits the next time. And then you put it back into the pool and then you sell something else. And then you, so I've been learning a lot about that because I think it's really great to show people how they can create financial wealth. And I think that that's one of the things that we struggle with as black people um, Yeah. in terms of that. So yeah, that's something that I, so just, I just said that to say, I totally agree with you. HR is not just our one thing. No. So like we have to learn and know different things as well. Another one that I'm really a fan of, and I keep it on repeat right now because I'm really getting into it, is the book, What Happened to You? And it's Oprah and Bruce Perry. Okay. I don't know that one. So I'm going to And it's 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 totally good. It, it's just, it came out this year, okay. um, like in the last few months, but oh, it's okay. about trauma, right? And in, yes, and thinking about one. that, like it, it's, it's a wonderful book because it, it like, it helps you to understand because for me. I'm the HR professional doesn't, that doesn't get caught up in what people do, but why? Yes. And so and this helps you like to really like, oh, that's why you like that. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I understand. I understand so, yeah. you now. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So that. That, that one, that, those two, um, the one thing by Gary Keller, um, that's more just around productivity and just being able to do that one thing. What is the yes. one thing that you can do? Um, and then Atomic Habits, that's, that rounds out my four. Yeah, Atomic Habits is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's 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 yeah. what I'm reading, aka listening to in my Audible, because <laughs> I'm always on the that's, move. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. So that's Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, Keisha now and Keisha younger Keisha, what advice mm-hmm. would you give to your younger self? Get a coach sooner. 
somebody, you know, it's so funny. I was in another podcast and they asked me the same question and I was like, get a coach sooner Mm -hmm. because specifically as being the younger Keisha as a black woman trying to navigate this, I wish I would have had help sooner sooner. because it wasn't until eight years ago that I ran into my first career and I really ran into my first career coach Mm -hmm. I didn't even understand the importance of it yeah so I think it's it's getting help sooner beautiful love that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's the one biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here right now we are not the help (laughs) we are not the help and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if we are gone and if HR is closed, good luck. We are not the help. We are vital, essential, necessary parts, components of every organization. And when organizations say, oh, I can just you know, outsource this or outsource that. And I'm like, okay, wow. no, you cannot. No, you cannot. Exactly. Yeah, we are not the help. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. I think the mm-hmm. perception gap is closing, but it's not closing fast enough. I don't mm-hmm. think, but I think that leaders are recognizing. I think if COVID did anything for leadership, it gave them a little knock in the head that said, ah, yeah, you can't live without those people. They're not as common as you think. And what they mm-hmm. do is not as easy as you think. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of leaders are recognizing that now and going, ah, yeah, look, I need to support this person because they are my first responder. You mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. the respect you have for a doctor or a nurse who saved your life. And HR is doing that for you every single day. If you yep. don't treat that doctor or that nurse like they are the help. You treat them like they are the best thing on God's earth because they're mm-hmm. going to save your life. And HR mm-hmm. does that for you. The mm-hmm. money that we save you is the money you make, is the money you get to keep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right when we're not doing our job right and you lose that money then you could say okay you know this isn't this isn't benefiting me but we save you money every day every mm-hmm. minute of the day mm-hmm. to respect mm-hmm. that and yep. we save you yep. and we save you a top talent too so many times you know we've had those conversations and you have a person who is ready to go through the door came and sat with you and you and you've changed their mind or you've changed their perspective. So many yeah. times we save our organizations from losing top talent, but because we don't talk about it, it's not recognized. But we definitely, definitely are not the help. No, no, no. Keisha Hicks, you survived your time in the sound booth today. I want to thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. You are absolutely phenomenal. And I wish you all the very best and all the very best for your company and the work that you do. Please don't stop. Even no matter how hard it gets, no matter how demotivated you may feel, I'm here with you. Don't give up. You're doing a great job. Keep it going. Keep it moving. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there.
Special thanks to Ability CBT and a Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.